Okay. A little bit later in the episode, I'm going to tell you more about the hormone fixer because I know you're dying to know. This little bad boy supplement that I created, if I do say so myself, is amazing at so many things, so many benefits. So it raises your natural testosterone, ladies, that GSD hormone. It helps with weight loss. It helps improve insulin sensitivity. It helps with anti-aging. It increases your own growth hormone, the anti-aging hormone that helps with the wrinkles and the stamina, energy, focus, brain. It also helps with your mood and lowers your response to stress. So you're just going to have to wait a little bit more and we'll tell you more about it. The Hormone Fixer. Are you finally at your wit's end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. So we are bringing back an oldie but goodie. It's actually you guys' favorite episode of all time, how to actually eat right with Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism. Now, the reason why we're bringing this back is because I know a lot of you are new and you haven't gone all the way back to the beginning of this podcast. You haven't gone back to number one, two, three, four. Or maybe you have, and I thank you for that. But if you haven't, we're bringing this one back around because it was so popular. I want you guys to take from it, eat from it, digest all of the good information, and start making some changes. Okay, enjoy the episode. There is so much confusion around how to eat when you have a thyroid problem. So Hashimoto's, hypothyroidism, we know they're basically the same thing. If you have hypothyroidism, 95% of hypothyroidism is Hashimoto's. So we're going to treat you the same way. You hear all this advice everywhere on the internet, in forums, in Facebook groups. There's diet books out there that target you, right? If you have Hashimoto's, this is the way to eat. And I know that your frustration is literally up to here. So how many of you have tried at least, let's say, four different diets in the last year and they didn't work for you? How many of you have tried low-carb eating or keto and it didn't work for you? Can I get an amen? Can I get a yes yet? Okay. I know you're out there. I know you're nodding your heads. All right. So how many of you have done... Paleo, yes or no? How many of you have done the HCG diet? 500 calories a day, basically starving, yes or no? And then how many of you are still in the 1990s, early 2000s of eating every two hours because you heard that that will keep your metabolism up? 
And then when that doesn't work, you try intermittent fasting and you end up starving. (laughs) You, You try intermittent fasting and you're starving because you're overriding your body's hunger signals. So we are going to break it down for you today. I'm going to give you an actual plan that you can follow that works because I've used this with thousands of my patients. And listen, when I work one-on-one, it's always personalized. We always personalize the nutrition piece of the whole puzzle. But for those of you who are not working with me, you need a guide. You need a plan. You need something to follow. You need something that is actually going to work. And this is what works. So let's start with Hashimoto's. I have said this over and over and over again, 99.9% of people who have Hashimoto's have insulin resistance. So I'm going to go back to my story when I was really trying hard, just like you. So this was in the 90s, late 90s. So this is when I was eating every two hours and it was all clean and there was broccoli and there was chicken and there was fish and I was eating right and I was getting to the gym a couple times a day and that had worked in the past. It had always worked in the past. And what I was doing, like many of you, what I was doing worked in the past. So why wasn't it working now? Why was I gaining weight? I was getting ready for a bodybuilding competition. I was doing everything perfectly. There were no cheats unless my coach allowed a cheat meal. There was no going out to eat. There was no alcohol. There was no sugar. Everything was perfect. And I was gaining weight instead of losing it. And I had went to the six different doctors and I had tried 10 different change up of my diets. I threw out the idea of competing after putting on 20, 30 pounds. I knew that wasn't going to happen. So I threw that idea out the window. And then I just like you started trying different things. So one week, maybe it was low fat, high carb. And then the next week it would be, let's go super low carb, like no carbs and all. And and all I'm going to do is eat meat and, and avocados. And then that wouldn't work. So I change it up and go, okay, well maybe I need carbs. So I start adding in a bunch of carbs and then I do carb cycling. I go high one day and low one day. And then, and then I took out dairy and then I went AIP and whatever else was the fad at the time. I think it was South beach or Mediterranean or the zone tried all the different diet books, all of them, none of them worked. Now, first of all, I had to get my thyroid optimized. So that is step one. Anything I tell you today does not apply if you do not have your thyroid optimized because we know that's the master gland. If you're not optimized, you could do 50 million different diets and they are not going to work. You could do my plan that I'm going to give you and it's not going to work because we have to optimize your thyroid first. Once we get that out of the way, We have to look at your insulin. So like I said, 99% of you are insulin resistant. I was. So here's me trying to lose the weight, crying in my car, frustrated beyond belief, searching, just that, that desperate search. You know what I'm talking about, that you're just, you'll do anything. If someone would have handed me dog poo at the time and said, this is gonna make you lose those 30 plus pounds that you put on, I think I would have done it because I was that desperate. And I know that you're there. I know you've been there. If you're not there right now, probably why you're listening, because you are there right now. When you're that desperate, you will literally do anything. I was also told that I had PCOS, PCOS, which makes me insulin resistant anyways. So on top of the Hashimoto's, I was like double insulin resistant. 
Meaning every time I looked sideways at a carbohydrate, my body was putting on fat. I had no fire. I had no metabolism. I had no ability to burn the fat on my body. I was literally walking around just either burning my muscle tissue because I was over-exercising and under-eating, or I was just burning the sugar that I was putting in because I was not in an optimal fat-burning state. My insulin was high. Even after I got my thyroid optimized, I still had the PCOS hanging out, and I had to lower my insulin. So I did my research, dove into what I knew would work with high insulin levels, because back then we had the research on PCOS. We, we had Atkins, right? We had Dr. Atkins coming out telling us about high insulin and high blood sugar and how that basically made us, if we're walking around with high insulin levels, it made us a fat storage machine. We were just literally any, any food that went into our mouth, it was getting laid down on our thighs, butt, and abs. Nowadays, we want it on our butt, not so much on our thighs and abs, but we can't make that choice, can we? So we had Atkins, we had the information, so I dove into that. What I'm going to share with you took me years of trying on myself, of tweaking, of getting out of the books and out of the fads and out of the online groups and really making it my own for me and for my patients. What is it? It's called Keto for the Week. I'm going to have a real special treat for you here at the end, so stay tuned. Keto for the Week. How to eat low carb while having Hashimoto's without tanking your thyroid. So let's go through the problems with the ketogenic diet and why it gets such a bad rap in the thyroid world. There are people out there that I respect beyond belief, but we do not see eye to eye on what works in terms of nutrition for thyroid patients. We just don't. I disagree. But I have to give them a break because when they say, don't do keto if you have a thyroid problem, it'll lower your T3. They are specifically talking about the standard keto way of eating. It's the book that you buy on the shelf. It's the blog that you read on the internet. It's just your typical standard keto way of life. And if you do that, you're going to be literally staying under 20 grams of carbohydrates daily. So let's go back to me, you know, scrambling to eat low carb and then tanking and then adding in high carb and then gaining weight and then going back to low carb. And I kept, I was always too, too low. I was always way, way, way too low in my carbohydrates. And I was doing that typical ketogenic diet that you read about, that you hear about. And yes, it did indeed affect my thyroid levels because it wasn't working. I had my thyroid optimized and the way I was eating still was not working. So I study and I try different things with myself and with my patients. And when you really look at the the opponents to the ketogenic diet, they are looking at studies that show if you are under 20 grams of carbohydrates for an extended period of time. So you would literally have to be under 20 grams of carbs for six to eight weeks before it starts affecting your T3 levels. Okay, well, I mean, right there, right there is a problem. Who is going to actually stay under 20 grams of carbs for three months? 
Not many people will. But if you do, and I mean, you know who you are, you type A's, you're like, you just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Like I said, you could give me dog poo and I probably would eat it if it was going to help me lose weight. So you type A's are out there and you're doing it and you're saying, okay, well, you told me to go low carb. So I'm going to go low carb and I'm doing this balls to the wall and I'm not going to stop until the weight comes off. Actually, I'm not going to stop even if the weight doesn't come off. You're going to keep going and going and going. So staying under 20 carbs a day for an extended period of time. Yes, there are studies that show that that can tank your T3 active thyroid hormone levels. You don't want that. You don't want that. So what do we do? We adjust it. We adjust the way that you are taking in your carbohydrates so that your insulin levels stay low. But we don't go so low that we start affecting the thyroid. So let's lay this out, right? So your thyroid is off. You have Hashimoto's, you have an autoimmune condition. So right there, I mean, right there, you know that you have to go gluten-free. We know that. We know that there are ample studies out that show that if you have an autoimmune condition, you must go gluten-free because gluten is an autoimmune attack mimicker. It will literally go out and attack your thyroid when you eat it. So you have these little soldiers, right? We talk about this all the time with autoimmune. You got these little soldiers and you take in gluten. And gluten is a thyroid molecular mimicker, meaning when you take it in, your body thinks that gluten is like thyroid tissue. So you got these guys that are already going out beating up your thyroid, right? Because they think your thyroid is the enemy. So they're going out and beating up your thyroid. Then they see gluten. They go, okay, well, we got to go take care of this because this is an enemy. We got to take care of it. So it goes, beats up the gluten and then goes back and beats up your thyroid. So you are actually spurring on an autoimmune attack. You're letting those soldiers out of their barracks and they're going for it. They are going for it. And they are going to crush that gluten and they are going to crush your thyroid in the process. So right there, we know that you must be gluten-free. Not a problem. That's easy to do. Now, where people get hung up, and I know you might be thinking, gluten-free is just too hard. I just can't go gluten-free. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I know people that went gluten-free 20 years ago before you could walk into the grocery store and buy gluten-free pretzels and gluten-free cookies and gluten-free bread to replace your bread. There's gluten-free everything these days. And I'm not saying that that's good or that that's an appropriate crutch to use, but it is an option because let's face it, 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 it helps us. When we are gluten-free, autoimmune attack guys go down. We know that for a fact. So when we look at what is low carb eating done the right way? It is without gluten. So we don't eat gluten because gluten is normally high in carbs. It's your bread, it's your pasta, it's your cookies, it's your crackers. Those are the high carbohydrate foods that naturally will contain gluten. And we don't want to eat a bunch of, like I just said, we don't want to eat a bunch of crutches either. You don't want to go out and eat a bunch of gluten-free versions unless you're just starting and you're making that really big transition from eating a bunch of gluten to going gluten-free, you can do that in the beginning, but you don't want to rely on that for life. You eventually want to transition out and use natural sources of food. So we want you to actually make your own bread. I know that sounds crazy. Just make your own bread. There's enough recipes out there. I got you covered there. You're going to make your own cookies, gluten-free cookies. Nothing wrong with that. Make your gluten-free cookies. Make your gluten-free pancakes and then make them keto. Make them a little bit more low carb. Easy to do. 
So we know that you have to go gluten-free. Next step is, do you have insulin resistance? If we have your thyroid optimized and you're still struggling with weight, now I look at insulin at the same time. So when I'm working one-on-one with patients, I'm looking at your insulin, I'm looking at your A1C, I'm looking at your glucose. Because like I said in the beginning, 99% of you are going to have insulin resistance. If you do, guess what? You cannot handle high-carbohydrate foods. So let's go over that so you have a better understanding. We know that there are proteins, carbs, and fats. When we eat protein, we get a moderate insulin response, meaning that our insulin will go up just a little bit. And in some people, if they're consuming a ton of protein at one time, they can get a little bit of a blood sugar rise, but it's very, very moderate. We know that fats elicit no insulin response whatsoever, zero. There is no response to eating fat with insulin. Insulin doesn't go up. You don't get a blood sugar spike at all. We know with carbohydrates, we get a huge insulin response. So our pancreas secretes all of this insulin. It dumps the insulin in and then blood sugar rises. That's where you see it in your glucose. So you're fasting glucose. Let's say you have a glucometer, keto mojo. You're taking your blood sugar with a finger prick and it's really, really high. That is your pancreas secreting a large amount of insulin in response to those carbohydrates. And that's your blood sugar rising in response to those carbohydrates and in response to that insulin dump. So now you're on this roller coaster all day long with high blood sugar and high insulin and then low blood sugar and low insulin. In those highs, that is where you will be storing fat. You will be laying fat down like it is going out of style. And it could be easily a couple pounds a day. I mean, a lot of people will say, wait, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't eat hardly anything and I'm two pounds heavier the next day. Yes, absolutely you can be. Because that high insulin will not only make your body retain water, but it will store fat. Insulin is the fat storage hormone. We never want it in excess. We need it to survive, but we don't want it in excess. So if you are insulin resistant, it means your cell doors are closed off to that insulin that is trying to get in. Your cells want the insulin, just like our cells want T3 from the thyroid. Our, thi our cells want thyroid hormone. They want the active thyroid hormone. Our cells want insulin to survive. But if the cell doors are closed, the insulin can't get in, cannot get in. So how many of you have, you, or at least you believe that you optimize your thyroid, that you're on a really nice dose of thyroid medication, your numbers are in the functional medicine optimal range, and you still cannot lose weight? Now we have to look at your insulin. We got to look at your insulin because if your insulin is high, you're going to age quickly. Insulin is going to impair T4 to T3 conversion. Insulin will make you store more body fat, which that body fat will then send out signals and make you more hungry and will put you into estrogen dominance. And then estrogen dominance interferes with T4 to T3 conversion. You can see how it's a vicious cycle. And then we can go into the age-related diseases where we know that high insulin equals Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is type 3 diabetes. So if you're walking around with high insulin all day long, not only will you remain in a hypothyroid state, you won't convert T4 to T3, you'll be putting on weight, your hormones will go out of whack, and you're also 
literally degenerating your brain. You're aging faster with high insulin. So with all that being said, can anyone tell me a logical reason why there are opponents to low-carb eating with hypothyroidism? It doesn't make sense. But there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. So I built a course for you to give you the right way to do it. And I kept it very inexpensive, very affordable. It is called Keto for the Week. And I take you through all of this. I take you through the why. I take you how to do it properly. We go through why there's good and bad keto. There is dirty and there's clean keto. We go through all of the information to give you an easy, easy, applicable, actionable way to implement doing keto the right way, keto for the week, into your life. Why do I call it keto for the week? Because on the weekends, you get to have fun. You cannot stay low carb all the time. Even if low carb eating is enjoyable, I'm not saying come out of it on the weekends and go party it up with birthday cake and pizza. This is not a bodybuilding cheat meal where you go off the rails. This is doing keto for the week the right way so we don't tank your thyroid, but we keep you in that fat burning state. We keep that fire going in your body. We get you out of doing nothing but burning your own muscle tissue and burning sugar, and we get you into burning your own fat for fuel. Now, if you're a one-on-one patient, you get this for free because you get like $2,000 worth of courses for free when you work with me one-on-one. But what if you're not and you just really want this nutrition component to know exactly what to do? So I'm going to give you a link so you can jump in and start a Keto for the Week course It's easy, it's actionable, and it produces results, and it will clear the confusion once and for all from all of those diet blogs and articles and books and promises and before and after pictures because they're all BS and nobody is tailoring it to you, the hypothyroid Hashimoto patient. What you see out there on the internet is for the average person. And that's why you're so frustrated when you see a before and after and you've done what they've done already and it's not working. So this is how to do, I wanted to give you something from my years and decades of experience that this is what works. This is how I eat. This is how many of my patients eat. Now, when we're working one-on-one together, we really tweak it to you Listen, I have a couple thyroid patients that are not insulin resistant and they can eat a little bit more carbs than usual, but I got news for you. Keto for the week is not under 20 carbs a day. It is not. And we're not doing the net versus total carbs and we're not doing any of that calculating bullshit. It's just easy. It is easy and actionable and this is how you eat and it's all laid out for you. So I highly suggest that you jump in and take this because it's going to clear so much confusion. And I know you're saying, well, I've already tried keto and it didn't work for me because I got really tired. Right. Because you weren't doing it the right way. The typical ketogenic low carb way of eating has you so low in carbohydrates that a lot of people, when they make that transition, they don't do so well at first. The keto flu, you've heard of that. 
it's real, but it's really your body adjusting to shifting over. So you're literally a sugar burner. We talked about you're burning the, the food that you put in your body. You're burning your muscles. You're not burning the fat on your body. You're not burning the fat that's in your liver. You're just burning sugar. So we are literally shifting your body into a totally different state to where you are burning fat instead of sugar. And that's a hard shift for the body to do, right? What if, think about it like if I told you, you're going to go from first shift to third shift. You'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I just can't do this. I can't do it. And then eventually your body would adjust. Same thing. When we move you into, even if you did this on your own and you did a ketogenic diet, you felt like crap because you legit went through the keto flu. You went through that shift. You basically went from working first shift to third shift and it sucks for a little bit. So there are right ways and wrong ways to do this transition. And there are things that we can do to ease into this because we're not going to crash your carbohydrates like the standard typical online in a book ketogenic diet. We're going to do it the right way. So the other thing you're going to tell me is that you gained weight instead of lost weight. You didn't lose weight. You gained it. Okay. There is dirty keto and there is clean keto. And there is a point in keto where, yes, you can get too much fat. So just think when it first came out, right? Everybody was shoving fat down their faces. So even if you did the dirty version with bacon, cheese, and pork rinds, and then you decided, well, you know what? I think I get, I got, I got to dial back on the pork rinds because they're probably not that great for me. And I'm, I'm eating all those bacon grease, and it's really, really good. I like the fact that I can eat bacon every day. But I'm going to just dial back on it because I'm gaining weight, and I'm wondering if all this cheese and bacon maybe not might not be a good idea. You're right. So the thing that the keto proponents don't tell you is that there is a breaking point. There is a limit. So we always say calories in, calories out, calories don't matter because it's the food that you eat. That's true. But there is a point at which you can tip the scales, no pun intended, of doing too much fat on a ketogenic diet. And this is where we have to reel it in. Because if you have Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism, your metabolic furnace is a little bit low. So while we do want an adequate amount of fat, good fat, avocados, olive oil, nuts, almond flour, coconut oil. We want those good fats in because you do need fat to make proper hormones. You need fat to burn fat for your hair, skin, and nails. We want those in, but we don't want an abundance. So if you're telling me that you gained weight on keto, I promise you it was one of three things. Number one, your thyroid was not optimized. Number two, you did dirty keto. Number three, you did clean keto, but you put in too much fat. I'm going to show you the right way to add the fat in without tipping the scale. The other thing you might say to me is that my doctor told me that I shouldn't do keto because I have high cholesterol. Okay, let's stop right there. Let's just stop. I'm going to try not to go on a soapbox for this, but first of all, what is high cholesterol? Are you coming in with a cholesterol of 250 and they're calling that high because you got flagged on your labs? That's not high cholesterol. Let's look at your HDL. That is very heart protective. We like that above 50. Let's look at your triglycerides. We want those and LDL low, but not too low. 
not too low. You're taking those statins for your high cholesterol. And that is lowering your LDL to a point and it's lowering your total cholesterol to a point where it's actually so low that your sex hormones are going to start getting all thrown off. Men, your testosterone is going to drop. Ladies, your testosterone is going to drop. We've talked about this over and over again as it relates to Hashimoto's. That's the last thing you want is a low-fat diet. That's the last thing you want is to go on statins. Last thing you want is to tank your cholesterol because you need that. You need that to produce testosterone to help your thyroid work better. So first of all, there's the question of the numbers. Where are you actually falling? Do you really have high cholesterol? Do you know cholesterol numbers that total used to go up to 300? And there are some functional practitioners that say four, five, 600, totally healthy, completely healthy to do. Do not worry about your cholesterol if you are doing it the right way. So keto truly is the one diet that you can screw up and that you might see some blood work numbers go a little bit awry because if you were doing dirty keto, if you're pounding the cheese, if you're pounding the heavy whipping cream, if you're down the bacon like there's no tomorrow, then yes, your cholesterol numbers might go up. But we have to look at that from an individual perspective and say, how does it relate to you? Is it something to be concerned about? Is it something to change the way that you're eating and to change the types of fat that you're choosing in your ketogenic diet? Maybe. But I would not back off on a diet that produces lower insulin results because your doctor said something about your cholesterol. Number one, know your cholesterol numbers. Know where they fall. Know that H the HDL that's heart protective. Make sure that that's over 50. Look at your total and do not panic if it's red or if it's flagged. You can safely go to three, 400 as long as the triglycerides and LDLs are good. And again, by good, we look at it from a functional perspective. I'm not going to panic if your triglycerides are 175, 200, 225. Not going to panic. Don't care. And then we have to go, where's your insulin? Because insulin all day long will drive up cholesterol. So it makes no sense for your doctor, just like they screwed you up with your thyroid and didn't give you the right information. It makes no sense for your doctor to say that a low-carb way of eating will drive up your cholesterol because it won't. We know, hands down, the one thing that drives up cholesterol, high insulin. That's your sugars. That's your carbs. That's all that low-fat garbage that you're putting in your mouth because it has a stamp on it that says heart healthy or cholesterol free. And you think that that's going to keep your cholesterol down? You're wrong and your doctor's wrong. You keep eating all that low-fat food that is loaded with sugars and starchy carbs, and empty calories, that is what is giving you high cholesterol, my friends. So the one thing that you can do to actually lower your cholesterol, your doctor is telling you not to do. He'd rather have you on a statin. I would rather you not be on a statin and lower your insulin, and you will see your cholesterol numbers change. So those are the big objections that I hear in the medical community from patients, from people, from listeners. Now, my patients actually trust me. So I'm asking you to trust me. I'm asking you to try keto for the week. I'll put the link in the show notes. I'll put the link in the comment section. You can click on it. You can read about it. It's a small investment. Like I said, I made it 97 bucks for you guys. 
you get around 12 different modules, you get downloads, you get videos, you get tutorials, you get how to's, you get a personalized plan, all done for you. So this is the way that you want to eat. If you have hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's, I challenge you, I challenge you to do this, do it right, do it to a T, and you will lose five pounds in five weeks easily, if not more. But that's about average. People always ask me, well, what can I expect when I start optimizing my thyroid? It's always different. We have to optimize that first. But you implement this way of eating and you will shift from being a sugar burner to being a fat burner and you will burn the fat off your body. So I made this for you, just for you guys, because I know, I know that you've been struggling with the eating piece, the nutrition piece, the what the hell to do if I have Hashimoto's piece. So I wanted to clarify it for you. Spent a lot of time, a lot of hours, built this for you, very affordable. And I promise you, it will help. You will lose five pounds in five weeks, which by the way, when you have hypothyroidism is a win. It is a win because you're not losing anything right now, are you? No, you're not. And if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, that's insanity. And you'll stay the same weight. So you'll be both insane and overweight and miserable and tired. And you won't be helping your thyroid out whatsoever because you'll be walking around with high insulin. And we don't want that. We want low insulin. We want you burning your body fat. We want your lean, mean, badass self, bringing it back. We want you to feel like you. So keto for the week. Promise you it's going to work. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, you can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team. They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right. I hope to see you soon. So now that you've heard all about the hormone fixer, I'm going to give you a challenge. If you actually listened to this podcast all the way to the end and you're still listening, you can use the code thyroidfix10. T-H-Y-R-O-I-D-F-I-X-1-0. Thyroid Fix 10 and get 10% off my store. This is only for people that listened all the way to the end. I want to know what you think about my products. Make sure you let me know. Love y'all.